Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest, one of my favorite humans in the entire world. I've called this guy my friend for the past 10 years. He's also one of the most badass mortgage dudes you could ever come across. His name is Jesse DiGiacomo. He is out of Warren, Ohio. If you think Warren, just think an hour south of Cleveland. That's right. Jesse and his team fund annually over 500 units per year. But check this out. His team is Jesse and four. So they're averaging 100 units per team member. And by the way, Jesse's title is like area manager. He has three branches, 19 loan officers, and about 50 total associates. And somehow he has figured out a way to do that well while also dominating. I want to say dominating. I'd put you, Jesse, in the top 0.3% of all loan officers. There's 400,000 LOs registered in the, in the U.S. And very few can do over 100 units. You're doing over 500 units. So Jesse DiGiacomo, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Thanks, Dustin. That's high praise. Yes, it's uh, well, it's well earned. It is well earned. So I'm calling this the bonus episode, right? Because we had the cameras, we had the mics, we just had your girl Sarah Cipriano on, and we interviewed Sarah as a part of our top producer series. We're wrapping up our time in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and any opportunity I get to sit down with someone like yourself, I want to take it. So I'm grateful for the time. And I want to talk about your journey in the mortgage industry. I want to talk about maybe some of the advice you're giving to the younger originators that you're bringing on board, that you're coaching. And I want people to be able to learn how they too can embody the DiGiacomo. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to start with just to kind of paint the broadest picture. When did you enter into the mortgage industry? So it was December of 2001, and a good buddy of mine, his name is Tom Soini. He's a branch manager at a different company. Uh, he knew that I was bussing tables, making pizzas at another place, uh, going to school, and he just said, hey, I think you'd be good at this. And I didn't know what mortgages were. I didn't know why why would somebody borrow money to buy a house. I thought that was silly. And then when I found out, I'm like, oh, yeah. Houses are expensive. You need to borrow money to buy them. So I just gave it a shot. And here we are 18 plus years later. Did out of curiosity, did your buddy give you an idea of like why he thought you'd be good at this? Like, were you like a math nerd or? I'm not great with numbers, uh, more just good with people. Uh, love meeting people. Uh, you know, that's part of my passion is, is being in front of people, meeting people, finding out what uh, needs they have, what makes them tick. And I guess that's what he saw in me. Okay, very cool. Was there a point in your career where you felt like a switch was flipped on for you? Or did you come out of the gates just being dominating? Oh, definitely not. Uh, a lot of, lot of failure. A lot of, I don't think I want to do this very long. I end up graduating in 2006 to be a school teacher. Thought, okay, I'll, I'll make the switch at some point. Um, and basically just kept the grind uh, got told no by tons of realtors like, yeah, we already have our guy. We already have our guy. And I just was persistent when my wife uh, was pregnant with our first son, uh, 10 plus years ago, she said she didn't want to work anymore. And she just wanted to, you know, raise the kids and start a family. And I said, well, I better get serious about this and, uh, <clears throat> figure out a way to close some more loans. So, so you worked your first six, seven years in the industry where, <coughs> excuse me, you would, 
for the most part, it was a job, not maybe a career. Like you go do a loan, get a paycheck, pay your bills, rinse, repeat, move on. Exactly. It wasn't that I wasn't trying to meet people, uh, but I never saw it as something that I was going to do full time, long term until then. And I realized, okay, you're good at this. You can do it. You know, you just, now you have to do it. Yeah. 500 units. Like I can't, I can't fathom that. Like my best of my best of my best year, I think was like a buck 48, like 148 units. And I was like thumping my chest, proud of myself. Right. You guys do 500 units, your team. And I, I don't know, like you're nodding your head, but I don't know if you understand, like, and you do it with really five of you. How did that transpire? Like, what did that look like? Because I'm imagining in 2006 or 2009, were you a three, four type unit guy? Like you would do three or four units and, and be happy, made good money, paid your bills. 100%, yep. Did you ever set out to, to do a certain unit? It's like, oh, I need to do 100 or I need to do 200 or like, I'm just curious if someone wanted to learn from you and I'm going to say, Jesse, how, how, how can I go do 500 units? Uh, you know, I would say don't put weird stress on yourself or weird goals that don't, that aren't a hundred percent. Like this is something that I know I can do. I would say more, just take it to every person that you meet, every realtor that you meet, every client that you meet, look at it as an opportunity. This is an opportunity to change somebody's life. This is an opportunity to help somebody. This is an opportunity to save a deal that another bank couldn't do. And I feel like if you look at it as an opportunity, the opportunities just keep coming and coming and coming. Look, look at it different than just a paycheck or just a way, just, just a goal. And I feel like every time I take that mindset or that attitude towards people and realtors and situations, it always ends up good. Yeah, you came up mentioning realtors. I think it's good for the audience to know you are a purchase focused realtor referred lender. Correct. Right? You're not being provided leads. You're not working in a call center where you're churning out refis. Correct. Right? These are all people who proactively seek you, right? They refer you because you've built up a reputation in your marketplace. Right. Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to ask you, like, hey, Jesse, what's your day like? But I don't know if I want to know what your day like is now that you're kind of where you are in your career, right? Like with the 19 LOs, with the three branches, with the team, with the 50 associates, I almost, almost want you to go back for me five, six, seven years ago. What was your day like then when you're going from funding three to five units a month to, to, to funding three to five units, I don't know, an hour, <laughs> what, what were you doing back then that led to the success that you've been able to achieve now? So one of the things that we've talked about before, Dustin, is um, learning to be somebody's plan B and being okay with that or plan C or plan D. Um, I never treated a realtor any different if they sent me one deal a year or if they sent me 40 deals a year. I just never treated them any different. I was just thankful for that one deal that they sent me. And I never, you know, would deny somebody's phone call or you're not worth my time. I, again, I just look at it as an opportunity. If I could close that one loan, maybe I could change that family maybe if i treated that realtor with with more love and more respect they would have sent me that one deal and i could have had an impact on that person's life so i just look at it like that i'm very thankful it's it's just more of a hey don't you know even a realtor that used to work with in the past that doesn't use you anymore i'm still thankful for the past business that i closed with them and when i see them and at a you know restaurant or whatever i still treat them with the same respect like 
those 30 deals that we did in 2015, it was awesome. You know what I mean? And I feel like eventually they start using you again. Like, man, that was awesome. I should, why not, why did I stop using them? So like, I, I, I hear some loan officers talk about, you know, they use a greatness tracker or they use a, a particular uh, pyramid or an accountability. Did you have a certain accountability that you tracked that you, when you woke up and you put on your pants and you went to the office, did you go there with a certain mission? Like you had to have X amount of talk to's X amount of realtor meetings. Like you obviously do 500 units because you know more people. Yeah. You do 500 units because you have that many more referral sources than the rest of us do. But I'm curious when you go back those, you know, 10 years ago or seven years ago, what, what was your focus on, on a day in day out that you were able to generate those types of leads? Don't blow anybody off. Don't, don't worry about if their credit score isn't the best. Take every single person that's in front of you as an opportunity. You don't know what it's going to turn into. That person that you showed love to that somebody else just fluffed away could have a, their uncle could be a realtor. Their, their cousin could be getting in the business. You know, and I think Dr. Martin Luther King said it the best that hate can't drive out hate, only love can, and uh, darkness can't drive out darkness, only light can. So even if somebody treats you a certain way or does something to you or doesn't like you or whatever, I feel like if you flip the script and show them love and find out what's going on in their life, maybe they're having a bad day, maybe something's going on, maybe they lost their some a loved one to a disease or something is happening, Look to impact. Look that that's an opportunity. That's something that you can flip and turn around. And I feel like that goes way further than anything else that you can invest your time in is just taking every single person it, that they matter, that they count, and that they're just as important as the perfect uh, person with perfect credit or the realtor that sends you every single deal just because you are who you are. You know? No, I love it. Absolutely love it. What type of advice are you giving to your loan officers these days? Whether it's a loan officer who's coming to you already experienced or a loan officer who's, who's newer in the business. Someone's going to come work out of your branch. A, what are you looking for in a loan officer? Let's go there. What are you looking for in a loan officer? And then secondly, when you do hire that person, what is it that you are asking of them? All right. This may shock you a little bit, Dustin, but I've never recruited one LO. So the only LOs that we've ever hired came to work for came and sought us out. I've never requested somebody. I've never requested an interview. I've never went and said, you, I think you'd be a good loan officer. Just people said, Hey, I'd like to come work with your team. That's awesome. That is a testament to who you are. It's interesting. We down in Florida have a very similar, and, and it's one of the things that people say, Oh God, how'd you guys do it? I'm like, well, you know, yes, we networked. Yes, our friend Tom wanted to come work with us and our friend Joel. And when, when Tom came, he told two people. When Joel came, he told two people. And those two people told two people. And then that person introduced us to someone. Like, I always joke. I go, I'll go out and do the best dog and pony I can do. But that's only for someone who has invited me into their living room to do my dog and pony. Right. But I'm not going to pick up the phone and convince you to go do something you otherwise didn't think you wanted to do. Exactly. And you've, you've done it the same way. So you, yep. you started with onboarding someone that probably knew you and yep. asked you, Hey, Jesse, I, man, you're killing it in the mortgage industry. And you're like, you know, yeah, man, I love what I do for a living. And then come on board and exactly. then come on board. And here we are 10 years later, because when I met you, you were a loan officer, right? You were a loan officer. And I look at you today and not only are you, eight loan officers, you're like one of the loan officers, but you're also a leader and you're also a manager. So if someone comes to you and they say, Hey, Jesse, I want to come work for you. 
What, what are you looking for? Like, do you say yes to anybody? Well, the one thing that I have to keep in mind is somebody that gave me an opportunity and I didn't, I wasn't worthy of it. I didn't earn it. Um, somebody gave me an opportunity and it wasn't like I ran a race and I won it or I won the lottery pick. It just, they saw something in me and they didn't have any experience. I didn't, I wasn't really even going to school for this or anything like that. Uh, so I take that into consideration when anybody asks me, you know, like somebody get, remember, somebody gave you an opportunity, somebody coached you, somebody spent time with you, somebody answered all your questions, somebody did this for you. If they didn't, you wouldn't have what you have. And then the other thing I would tell them is to don't despise small beginnings. You know, whether you have, you know, 10 realtors, don't take them for granted or whether you don't have any or, or any weight, don't worry about that. What can you do to build on it? Okay, I have one. You know, I have this, I have that. Okay, well, take that and what can you do to build on that? Do you know how many realtors you have that referred to you in 2021? I mean- If you were to guess. Over 100. Over 100. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you received Could, over, you, you received referrals from over 100 different realtors. Yeah. Some of those realtors may have referred you 30. Yeah. Some may have referred one. you three. Yeah, or yeah. one. Yeah, there's okay. probably a handful you know, that one or two for the, because they knew I did something specific. And I would say probably anywhere from 50 to 60 realtors that constantly think of us, you know. Well, um, what percentage of your business last year was refinance versus purchase? 10% refi. 10% refi. Yep. Wow. So you left money on the table. Probably. You, you, I mean, I, I know in your market you have your loan size is a little bit lower than the average loan size. We don't have the appreciation so, too. Yeah. And, and you don't have the appreciation. So some of the refis that other parts of the country you weren't able to do, but Correct. 90% purchase. Nine. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you have an idea of how much was, was repeat client versus realtor referred? That's a good question. I don't know that number offhand. <coughs> if I were to guess, I would probably say that it was a good 15 to 20% because there was a lot of people that took advantage of selling in a high market. Yeah, that's and 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 that lead did come from a realtor at some point, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then it was a repeat. So yeah, that's a good uh I there was a lot of repeat business because people are like, hey, I want to sell my house now. This is the highest it's ever been, you know. Walk me through your team. So it's you and four other people. What's your main duties on the team and what do the other four people do? So my main duty is to constantly bring in the business. You okay. Know, to constantly keep the relationships. Uh, to, you know, put out fires if there are, cause we all know that we're fired, we're, mm -hmm. we're firefighters as well. Um, and to, you know, I, I bring it, optimism, you know, hope, like I, I refuse to say anything negative. If I know there's a possibility of getting it done, I feel like if you, if you speak negatives, your team starts getting negative, you know, but I have a great team and they do, they, they do their own role. And they do it very well. They get me when there's a problem. They get me when they need me. And they get me, they, they know to ask instead of just tell somebody an answer that they don't know. Come and get me, get the answer, and then go from there. So you're in charge of the realtor relationships. You're in charge of making sure the phone's ringing. Correct. And you do that by realtor lunch and learns. Do you do happy hours? Do you do pop buys? Do you do all of the above? I've done a lot of that in the past. Okay. I haven't done a ton of that recently. Yeah. Because the phone's just been ringing. It rings a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that firsthand, actually. <laughs> and Jesse's like, hey, true story. He's like, hey, I need to like push back our recording by five minutes. I had this brand new realtor who just called me 
and they need the fireman. Yep. They have something that's on fire. And I know this from, from knowing you, you made your name in your market by saying, hey, give me the hard stuff. Give me the hard stuff. You made a, your name saying, let me be your backup. Like you always tell a story about, do you know who Brian Hoyer is? Yep. Right? And Brian Hoyer was, uh, we talked about this on Sarah's episode, Tom Brady's backup, right? Correct. And you're like, hey, look, I don't need to be your Brady. Let me be your Hoyer. Now, deep down inside, you probably wanted to be Tom Brady, right? Exactly. Well, who doesn't want to be Tom Brady? <laughs> I would love to be Tom Brady. Um, I think my wife would love for me to be Tom Brady. But, um, but no, but you, but you made a point in your very genuine way to let people know, especially the real estate community, A, there's no deal too small and no, de no deal too tough. Correct. And B, although ideally I would be your Tom Brady, everyone needs a good backup. I don't mind being your Brian Hoyer for now. Let me earn being your Tom Brady, whether that's in three weeks, three months, three years, or three decades. You're, you're still working on that. Um, what do you wish was shared with you early on in your career? Like when you look back, because you've been at this since 01, so you're going on 20 years. You look back over the past 20 years, what do you wish was shared with you earlier on? Or maybe you wish you understood better earlier on? Um, I never really had these goals again. I never really thought like, okay, this is going to happen. And one day you're going to be you know, a manager and then you're going to, and I don't take it for granted either. Like, I don't, I don't look at it like I've made it now and, and this and that, because I know that it could go away very quickly too. Like you could, you could do something and lose half your team and they could go somewhere else because you're not treating them right or whatever. So I, I don't look at it like, I wish I would have known this 10 years ago, or I wish I would have done this differently. I look at it every day as I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Um, you know, in the Bible, it says that, that God, blesses you exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask or think. And it's true. You, you know, you don't do everything right and he blesses you. And then when you mess up, he forgives you. But I just, I look at that like, wow, like this happened, hard work, being obedient, treating people the way you want to be treated. And I don't think like, well, I wish I would have known this or done this and that. And yeah, we all have those mistakes more of like, wow, because you do it this way, this happens. Every day is an opportunity. Every client is an opportunity and treat it that way. And I hope that I never lose that because that's what my mission statement was. As my buddy Carl Diggs always says, he played football for Michigan. Um, know your mission statement. And mine is invest in people, not in billboards. Invest in people, not in billboards. What's some of the best advice you've been given? <clears throat> um, business or life? The best advice I've been given is I would say, you know, my, my pastors, uh, you know, their, their counsel, um, you know, basically again, not, not taking this for granted, not yeah. taking this for granted and not thinking that you're something that you're not. It's, these awards are like you, we were just talking about, like you got a, a, a bunch of awards when you were in LO and this and that. And it's nice to be recognized for hard work, but you can't forget what got you there, mm -hmm. you know, and the people that helped you and the team that you have and the, and the dedication of people that support you and the realtors that put all this in you. It's like, it takes um, uh, so many different people to make these kind of things happen. Have you ever invested in professional coaching, business coaching, LO coaching? Nope. No, I've never been coached. Nope. That's fantastic. Like, I love it. I love it because we talk a lot about coaching and, and a lot of top producers are coached, but I love having someone like you on the, on the show just to let people know that there's no one way. There's no one way. Now, not everyone can be as nice as Jesse. 
right? That's a genuine niceness. You care. Your heart is huge, right? You are a true servant leader. Many people splatter that on a billboard. You don't believe in billboards, but you live it. Um, and may, maybe that's your reason that you're one of the best of the best of the best, and you haven't had to go outside to find someone to show you how to do it. What does the future look like for you? Like when you look out, it's 2022. Uh, what do the next eight, 15 years look like? I don't even know. No. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're I, living in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I think about it, it, it you know, it is crazy. I, I don't understand why me, why it happened to me. And that's why I have a hard time telling somebody we're full. We don't, we don't have room for you right now because somebody again, took the opportunity with me, took the time with me, took the, you know, the pain that it took to train me and all that. And, and I can't, I can't do that to somebody else, not give them that opportunity. Are they going to be successful? I don't know, but can I at least give them an opportunity? Yes, I can. I love that. I absolutely love that. Last question for you. A lot of our audience are newly licensed originators, right? They may be newer in life. They may be newer in their career or maybe both. Speak to them, wise counsel. What, what should they be truly focused on, on a tactical aspect, right? Like I hear you when you say, be a good person. That's real simple, right? Easier said than done, but it is pretty, you know, it's pretty simple. Be a good person. But from a technical standpoint, what are two or three things that they need to do to make sure that when they are given the opportunity that they don't squander it, they make the most of it and they do become successful, whatever the version of success is for some people, it's closing five loans consistently a month for some, it's closing 10 loans a month for some people, it's closing 10 loans a week. What's what, what, what's, what's your advice to those people? So one of the things that a lot of loan officers do, or, or even any, any industry or realtor or anything is they, you know, maybe they'll give you a piece of their mind and it's easy to do. It's easy to, to, to get upset. It's easy to blame somebody. It's easy to go off on a title company and say, Oh, they, their fault and this fault. I would just say, don't say the things that could stop the deal from happening. You know, it, even if you want to say it, even if you're right, even if you have every reason to go off on whatever the situation is, just be a firefighter, put out the fire, just say like, yeah, that stinks that that happened, but let's just get on. Let's just move on. You know, we'll get the, the title company. We'll send docs. This will happen. I feel like if you do that, if you, even though you wanted to say, even though you wanted to give them a piece of your mind, if you can just not do that, if you can take that part of it out, you will save a lot more deals. And then people will be like, man, that was a crazy fire the way that was handled was so much better. I feel like that's when you stop being the Brian Hoyer is when they realize they can trust you in those crazy situations without losing your mind. You know, it's a, we coach this a lot in our branch. It's not a matter of, are you going to have an issue or are you going to make a mistake? It's, it's how do you respond when there is an issue? How do you respond when you made a mistake? Do you own it? Do you fix it? Or do you bury your head in the sand and pray that it goes away? Right, those that bury their hand, their head in the sand and, and and pray it goes away, a will stay in the backup position, or b will get fired from the backup position. Yep. You know, I I've, I have found the real estate community recognizes that things go sideways. People are messy. Our job is is really secure because people are messy and things go sideways. But our opportunity to shine is how do we communicate? What's our body language and our behavior like during those moments? 
I didn't know if you're gonna give some sage advice like uh, you gave to Sip when she started, where you basically said, pick up the phone every time it rings. Yes. Um, be super nice and learn to tell a joke. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the number one thing too, when, when realtors, when you ask them, what's your, what's your pain? What are, what are you going through that's messing with you that, that I can do to just help your business? Answer your phone. Answer your phone and be honest. Try to find the answer, and even if you don't know the answer, you know, don't stop till you find the answer. Get them the answer and see if you can help them save the deal. And when you do get an opportunity to save a deal, make sure you reach out to that listing agent and let them know, hey, this other bank couldn't do it, but here's how we saved this deal. Here's how we did it. I'd love to take you and your team to lunch. Make the connection. That's another opportunity. You didn't look at it as a bad loan. You didn't look at it as a reject loan. You didn't look at it as just another number. You took that fallen loan that fell through the crack. You got it done. And now it's a whole nother, it can open up a whole nother chapter for you. Oh, that's amazing advice. And I think a great place for us to conclude. But here's what, I, what I'm thinking. I'm listening to you talk. I'm like, I don't even know if Jesse knows this. But for anyone who's tuning in who wants to be a leader, like, Take away what he's saying. Look at how he's saying it. Like, look at where he's coming from. He's a genuine person. It's coming from his heart. It's pouring out of his soul. If you two want to lead 19 loan officers and have your branches close over a thousand units, like be more like Jesse, right? If you two are looking to close a hundred, 200, 300, 400, or 500 units, like look at his approach. Look at his approach. There's something about your approach that is different than so many other people's. And I have to imagine that's why your results are also different. This was by far one of my favorite bonus episodes. I'm so happy that you stuck around and allowed us to interview you. I've, I've been a fan of yours for the past five years. I've been your friend for the past 10 years. Absolutely. Um, it, I'm stoked that we were able to be in the same city at the same time so we could lay down this episode. He is Jesse DiGiacomo. I am Dustin Owen. Jesse, thank you for, all, for your time today. That is all the time we have for this episode, but we will catch you on the next one next week. Peace.